is Stephen Bashong. I'm associate editor at Solar Power World magazine. This is Solar Speaks Live, presented by Unirac. This afternoon, I'm with Gwen Bender. She's product manager for assessment services at Visala. Thank you so much for being here today, Gwen. Thank you for having me. Um, I want to begin by talking about site assessment in general. Uh, there's a wide range of services covered under that label. I mean, it's a lot more than a pyranometer or a wind meter on a pole. Can you tell me about site assessment? You bet. What's involved? So, Vaisala does do weather station installations. Okay. Uh, so we do the pyranometers, we do the weather stations, but we also have a proprietary long-term global satellite data that we use to provide long-term resource assessments and energy assessments based on that for our clients who are building large-scale plants. We also do some project design services uh, and I think that we're seeing some traditional assessment services also start to bleed into operations as well. What, what, what do you mean by long-term satellite weather mm -hmm. data? What is that? So for us, that means it is 16 to 18 years globally, depending on uh, the different satellite regions that are involved. They have different histories. Uh, and so for us, that's a pretty long-term. Um, if you talk to my counterparts on the wind side, they would say that's pretty short because they like uh -huh. to do 30 years. <laughs> right. But uh, that's well, a different... Why, why is that length of time important? You know, I, I would say that it, when you're building a solar plant, you're typically looking at an operational lifetime or financing for an operational lifetime of 20 years. Hmm. Uh, so you want to try to get as close to that 20 year period with the resource information as you possibly can. Um, and given the limitations of the satellite information right now, that's about 16 to 18 years, but it gets longer every year. <laughs> See, I have, I have this question um, about uh, past weather data sure. and whether it's a reliable predictor for the future with climate change yeah. and changing weather patterns. What can you say about that? So what I can say is that the last 20 years, I think, will continue to be a the best indicator that we have for the next 20 years. Okay. Climate change is happening, and, but it's happening on a very long time scale. You know, most people are saying 30 years, 50 years. Uh, and so there may even be some changes in that 20, 10 to 20 year period, uh, but it's very, very difficult to say what exactly those are gonna be in every location. So the best thing we can do is look at the past with our eyes open about what changes could come. And so there's an uncertainty that comes with any assessment that you do. Uh, and, you know, we, everybody's going to hedge for the future. Yeah. Um, nobody finances off the mean. You always go a little bit yeah. more conservative than that. Yeah, or at least you don't. Yeah, I mean, I think that we're seeing more people try to build um, climate resilient portfolios hmm. so that you are, you know, if you are somebody who has a portfolio of sites, you are looking forward to something like climate change or even the El Nino that's coming, right? That's going to affect different parts of the country in different ways. So you try to balance. You have sites in California and New York. You have sites in. So you're just saying you know, a climate-resistant portfolio is a diverse 
portfolio. You have installations everywhere. You have different, you have installations everywhere. You may have different kinds of installations. So you're doing solar and wind. Um, hmm. You're doing wind and hydro. Got it. Uh, you know, I think you can build a portfolio that is solid based on renewables, even though renewables are variable. If you're being smart about where you're locating them uh, and how they work together. Okay. Well, solar is an energy thing, but it's also a money thing. <laughs> so, are banks requiring more site assessment data? Mm -hmm. Have they always required it? So, banks have always required it for large projects. You must have the best possible energy assessment, which means the best possible resource data sitting behind that. Uh, and that's always been the case for very large projects. Um, I think that we will see a move towards that diligence feeding into more projects if the ITC expires. Like commercial projects? Commercial projects, portfolios of residential projects, because all of a sudden it's like all your money is going to be based on your production. Hmm. And so you better be able to make a very accurate prediction of what your production will be. Um, so if the ITC expires, I would expect more people are going to have to care in a rather short order. What's, what's, the, uh, what's, what's the gap right now mm -hmm. between what uh, projects actually produce and what they, you know... Should produce? Yeah. <laughs> that... Is there a gap that can be reconciled through quality site assessment? So I think... I'm, I won't speculate on if there's an industry-wide gap at this point. Uh -huh. um, we certainly saw that on the wind industry, that there was several years of underperformance as an industry hmm. based on how things were assessed. Um, and that everybody's worked very hard to remove those biases from the assessments that are done. Uh -huh. uh, and as an industry, eyes open, the wind industry went through that. Um, I, don't, I don't know that we have enough information yet uh, from solar as an industry, projects haven't been installed long enough yet right. for us to make that call. Um, on a site-by-site -site basis, you see some projects underperforming, certainly. Uh, you also see projects overperforming. Hmm. Um, and that seems like it'd be great, but does come with a cost. You left money on the table when you went to finance right. if you're overperforming your estimate. You may be clipping at your inverters and losing, you know, money you power you could be selling, right? So, so there's problems both ways. Um, I would say right now it's a site by site issue, uh, you know, with weather corrected, like with with weather data, you can weather correct your performance and understand what the gap is based on what you originally assessed. Bottom line, site assessment support. Site assessment support. So site <laughs> assessment goes operational. <laughs> okay, so we're at the Unirac booth right now. Yes. Okay, but if I were to head on over to the Visala booth, what kind of new technology would I see there? So Visala, we have our equipment side, and on our equipment, we have a great little weather sensor that does okay. wind speed, direction, temperature, pressure, humidity, and precipitation, all in one little guy. Uh, so you only have one thing to service. Okay. Um, so that's a pretty nice piece of equipment. I really like to recommend that for people. Uh, we have a brand new data logger um, that's great. It's the Nomad 3. It's great for remote 
uh, sensing locations that you don't want to truck out there every week to go right. check it out. Uh, and then our, on our services side, all about operations these days. Okay. Uh, so we've had a big evolution in our forecasting. We're doing hour ahead, day ahead, regional forecasting for solar clients. Um, and we, you know, we've kind of been touching on our operations projects, reforecasting operational projects, uh, providing daily reconciliation data for people who are doing performance monitoring. Um, okay. That's that's where it's all about these days. You sell these weather stations both for site assessment, mm -hmm. but after the project's built, do they also use weather stations then? Yeah. So, particularly like we're in California right now, right? Um, a lot of the California ISOs require uh, data from the plant to be sent so that they can do load balancing. Okay. Um, so that information, part of your PPA, you're obliged to send weather monitoring data directly to the utility. Uh, so that is pre-construction that goes right into operations. Okay, good to know. Um, a recent news release, this will actually be our last question, but a recent news release uh, said the company Visala aims to be 100% powered by renewable energy. Yep. By 2020, that's quite a statement, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm curious, why does your company believe in renewable energy? Visala believes that renewables are ready, um, you know, this commitment is actually a fairly big commitment. We're talking about offices in over 20 different countries. Wow. We're talking about manufacturing lines, and we're talking about supporting supercomputing infrastructure, hmm. right? So this is actually a pretty big commitment um, for Visala to make. But Visala believes in sustainability. It knows that you know, the amount of energy that is going to be necessary to sustain this business uh, and the industry is growing. And for that to be sustainable, it has to be renewable. Um, and, you know, we're, we're making that commitment and we're excited about renewables. We're here and we think it can work. Well, it's a statement for the solar industry to hear, right? Right. So thank you so much, Gwen Bender, for being here today. Uh, you are a product manager for uh, assessment services at Visala. And I am Stephen Bashong, Associate Editor at Solar Power World Magazine. This has been Solar Speaks Live, powered by Unirac. Thank you so much for listening.